Hello, my name is Mark from jazzguitarlessons.net. Improve your jazz guitar playing with a real teacher. And welcome to podcast 38, where we'll go through your little crash course on Coltrane changes. Let's get going. All right, exciting times as we're approaching issue number 40 of our podcast here. I didn't, didn't even know this would last, but really happy to, to be here with you. So today I'm going to take a gentle sort of theory approach to the Coltrane change matrix, which you know John Coltrane has composed a song, this famous tune, Giant Steps, uh, in 1959 and recorded it for his breakthrough album, which was called Giant Steps. And the Coltrane matrix is an interesting way to subdivide the octave in different parts as we've been used to in the past. Also notice Coltrane kept using that formula to compose other tunes such as Countdown, that is uh, a counterfact on tune-up by Miles Davis. Also, people noticeably uh, have used this progression over other songs, so they replaced your typical cadence, your typical 251. They've replaced it and put the Coltrane changes, the Coltrane chords, in place of the 251. That's what I want to get into today, in fact. Uh, also, as a matter of fact, I've heard this done on Body and Soul. I forgot... I believe it was a Dexter recording, Dexter Gordon recording from the 60s or 70s. Also, I've heard the Coltrane changes. People would say, well, they would assume that John Coltrane had heard and played the standard Have You Met Miss Jones. And the bridge, the B section to Have You Met Miss Jones has key centers moving in the same fashion as what we call the Coltrane changes. So it's still a mystery. Is it, is it Coltrane that heard a song or is it because he was totally inspired uh, we'll never know, but actually, you you can know for sure that this progression made had a tremendous impact on jazz harmony, and never before did a singular chord progression or concept has had such a widespread um, appeal and a widespread impact on the music scene. Because now, Coltrane changes is just another tool in the toolbox. So let's get started with what is it. So I'm gonna shut up and start playing the guitar. So let's pretend we're in the key of C major. This is a C major 7 chord. C major 7. And if you are in the in the key of C major, your typical thing would be to do a 2-5-1, you know, to D minor 7, to G7, to C major. Actually, what Coltrane changes do is you will go through three other, uh, sorry, two other major keys. So for a total of three keys, before you head back to your C. And those keys, namely, are C major, E flat major, and E major, and back to C. I just played them like cowboy chords now in bar chords, so C, A flat, the E. See, already there, there's this idea of, it's grandiose, as we say in French, it's like it's very wide. So what jazz musician would do with these three keys, number one is notice if I play C major 7, I play E flat major 7 and E major 7 and back to C major 7. Notice that these three keys are related by a major third. So that's C, that's a major third lower, that's A flat, major third lower, it's E, and then C a major third lower. So we're, we effectively split the octave into three equal parts into three equal major thirds. Of course, that's basic classical theory. Notice how music in the past has been divided before John Coltrane. It's been divided into four equal parts. C, 
which would give us the typical. Uh, sorry. The typical diminished, diminished sound, and diminished is a sound that, since uh, Romanticism, even in, in the Beethoven era, was used as a, a workhorse, almost like a dominant chord to to appeal to other chords. And John Coltrane just went, well, if we can split it in four, why don't we split it in, in three and build a system from that? So now that you understand that in the key of C, if I ran the Coltrane changes, I'd get C major, E flat major, E major, and C major. Once again, C, A flat, E, C, all major thirds going down. You could, and you should, because that's what that's what the Coltrane changes do, um, call for a five prior to each of these keys. And by five, I mean the Roman number five, you know, the V in Roman numerals. Why do we do that? Because that's like, we could have put a two five in front of it, but we're actually going only to put a five because it's shorter and a five really calls for a resolution. So let's do this right now. If we're in C major and we're attempting to go in A flat major, what we're going to do is play the five of A flat major before, which is an E flat. So I'm playing an E flat nine now, very jazzy sound, right? That's an E flat seven, that's an E flat nine. So going from C to E flat nine to A flat major. So already we found a way to play two keys. That's the first key, dominant, second key. Let's do the same thing with our E major, which is the next key by playing the dominant of E before E, and the dominant is B7. I'm gonna play a B13 there, very jazzy chord, and then land on E major. So C major, E flat seven, A flat seven, A flat major seven, sorry, B13, E major. Good? So. Now we're up there, and if you want to go back to C, you play G7 or G13, back to C. Now I'm going to start to play these fancy chords for you guys. I'm going to play C major 9 and 6 9 and stuff like that. I won't even pay attention, I'm just going to run it. So. How nice is that? So that's the progression you hear in the first four bars of Giant Steps. Giant Steps is a 16-bar form, but it's pretty tricky the way it evolves through time, the way the melody is accompanied by the chord. So that's your crash course in how to approach Coltrane changes. When I see, so I see a lot of unexperienced jazz musicians who are like, I want to learn Giant Steps, right? And they just take the sheet and try to look at the chords and improvise while looking at the chords or comp. And if you try that, you, I'm going to tell you, if you're not experienced, you're going to fail miser miserably. And hopefully you can take a big lesson from that is you should really understand what are the mechanics of that chord progression before. Uh, namely, uh, that chord is in B, is in B, the first chord is B, so and already it goes so fast and then you are in focusing on three different keys at the same time, but they don't appear in the same order every time. So it's it can be very misleading. So my suggestion, if you want to nail giant steps, start with that key of C concept I showed you. Slowly pick the first key, go a major third down, figure out what the five that chord is, 
do it again and again and again until you can basically do it in any key. Then what I suggest is if you really want to play giant steps, uh, go Pat Metheny on that. I don't know if you love Pat. I'm a big, big fan of Pat, one of my music and life heroes for his lifetime accomplishments. And uh, and for the fact that also he shuts up, you know, he just plays. I tend to just be in front of a microphone and a camera and just talk, talk, talk. So what Pat does on his, it's a live recording from, I guess, 2000, 2001. It's live in Europe trio with Bill Stewart. And I forgot the bassist. Who was it? I forgot. Uh, in any case, they play it like this. Like bossa, super slow. So if you really feel like playing giant steps, start there. You know, just bossa, put your backing track at like 100 BPM, put it as a bossa nova and play really slowly. And even before you attempt to improvise on on giant steps like this, what I would say is become comfortable with the transition. Uh, you could do it in that B major key uh, or in you know the three keys that are covered there, or you could do it all from a C major perspective. It doesn't matter. It really only matters that you hear what you're doing and that you understand that by soloing over that progression is very different than soloing on a 2-5 or any other typical jazz or blues or rock or pop progression you can encounter. It's it's really darn challenging, honestly. It's pretty difficult because we're not used to it and things do not move the same way as they're used to in terms of chords, in terms of scales, in terms of time. It's all messed up uh, as opposed to what we're used to now. So once you get that tool in your trick bag, you're going to love it though. So another suggestion I would make is just uh, extend the chords. So I'm going to go back to my C major. So C, E flat 7, A flat major, B7 something, flat major G7 back to C. So I went I, I ran all the chords to play the three keys consecutively one after another. You can extend the length of the chord. How about doing this? I'm just playing them twice as long. And actually give you time to think and to improvise lines over each chord individually and get used to that transition and get chords lasting even if you want to make them each last two bars that's fine just get get used to the transition from one to another that's really crucial and while you do this of course practice the right scales and then when you get the giant step it's just well you have to do switch scales faster in your mind that's really what's happening uh, and Actually, my, my last point here is there is an Abersold on Abersold Publishing and Abersold Play Along, one or two Abersolds that is strictly focused on the, the Coltrane changes, on the Coltrane progression, on the giant steps progression. And there are play alongs on this. I, I was a teenager. I bought it in a CD a while back. And actually, there, there's backing tracks. So these play alongs that are very stretched out and very slow and very gentle. So they, they sort of bring you up to speed slowly but surely. On that note, that's it. I hope you've enjoyed your, your little crash course on Coltrane changes. Uh, once again, if you like this podcast, please uh, feel free to share it with anyone who might like it using the share buttons on that page. I'm always really happy to have your comments, thought, thoughts, and, and feedback. You can use the comment form right below this podcast here. And as always, I will see you soon on the website and in the next podcast. My name is Mark. 
from jazzguitarlessons.net. Improve your jazz guitar playing with a real teacher. See you next time. Thank you.